to Friendship Radio and to the grand march through life. My name is James Huey, facilitator of the Friendship Personal Retreat Program here in Galveston and on ships cruising seas throughout the world. We offer the gift of listening hospitality, and I invite you to join me here on KGBC Friendship Radio for Southeast Texas as we explore topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for positive living and friendship. I'm going to have a special guest this evening, Mr. Greg Moore from Atlanta, Georgia. And one of the reasons that I was pleased to have you come here all the way from Atlanta, the other side of the world, to visit with us here in Galveston was to try and make a life novel come alive on an individual basis. And so I guess maybe we're talking about the Greg Moore story and pretty much how it relates to your personal growth. So maybe I can just kind of throw it open and see where you want to go with it. Well, I think a good subtitle to what that would be in my case would be uh, the challenge of being an individual. Through the years, I've had so many external influences that have molded me into the person that I am today. The person that I am today is, is a lot different than the person that I was five years ago, which is a lot different than the person that I was ten years ago. In fact, maybe as recently as a year ago. And I see myself changing every day and evolving every day into a different person, a different individual. I see myself as being a stronger person, more healthy emotionally, I believe. I think a lot of that has to do with the personal growth I've experienced over the years. Well, I'm curious with your subtitle, The Challenge of Being an Individual. It sounds to me like that's been the real focus of this last period of time. Do you have a particular period that you want to focus in? Oh, I think it goes back to my roots, per se, because I'm originally from South Georgia. And as those of you that aren't familiar with South Georgia, they have a very set way of doing things. Everything is this and that, no in-between. Set. Sounds like another word for rigid. Very rigid, and you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to do anything else. Traditional, maybe? Very, very traditional. traditional. Not a lot of individualism. If you stay in that part of the country. I myself moved away from my hometown in South Georgia, moved to Atlanta, and from that point on, I changed a lot. I'm a lot different than I was back in my hometown. I go, I visit my hometown now, and I think, my word, was I like that at one time? Yes, I was. I've grown a lot, experienced a lot more experiences that I would have never experienced if I had stayed in that town, and I think I'm a stronger person for it. So, in a sense, part of who you are is a factor of what you grew up with, and yet I sense that part of what you're really most proud of is the period that came after you left the traditional home environment. In other words, you kind of took wings and kind of spread out and experienced some new things. I experienced some new things, and there's a part of me that will always be South Georgia. Accent, for example. Accent. (laughs) Very distinct accent. There's also the part of me that took the step to go forward. Okay, what does step forward mean to you? Step forward was actually moving somewhere else, experiencing other people, other values other traditions that may not necessarily be what a southern Georgian tradition would be. And in doing that, I consider that as a step forward. Okay, now, does that the town that you were from had about how many people? About 45, 50,000 people, somewhere around 40,000. Okay, a little bit smaller than Galveston here. And when you moved, did you want to move to a larger area, or did you move to a, an area that was comparable in population? No, I moved to a larger area. There was a lot more a mixture of different people from other parts of the country. Atlanta itself is a southern city. But you don't meet that many native Atlantans. There are a lot of people from a lot of other places that live in Atlanta. Once again, there's not as much traditionalism in Atlanta, I don't believe, 
Memphis there is in that small town that I'm from. Well, uh, you know, sometimes there's a stereotype of Atlanta being the Scarlett O'Hara, Rhett Butler kind of image, and yet I'm sensing you're saying there's a lot more diversity in the city. There is a lot of that, but Atlanta's also a very dynamic city, and there's a lot of change that's gone on, at least since I've been there. I left and then came back, and there's been some change even since I have come back. Well, one of the things, Greg, is that in Friendship Radio, our philosophy and one of the things about life novel is that each of us is an author. And if we have the Atlanta chapter, I don't know what you would call it, but let's just call it the Atlanta chapter for now. If you were to take that chapter, how do you sense that you have changed? Or what has that being in Atlanta, which is an external environment as versus being in South Georgia, what has it done to you that's different in this period of time when you first went, which was how long ago? Seven years. Okay, seven years ago you went to Atlanta. What has evolved, and we'll not try to put that in one sentence, but just basically what do you think has evolved over these seven years? Um, I think I've released a lot of the traditional type values that I had when I first moved out there. I have been able to experiment a little bit more. I have been able to express myself to other people. I say that from the standpoint that once again was in the town that I was in. There's a lot of stereotype that goes on. Do and you don't. And there's not any gray. There's not any two through nine. I think if anything else, I've seen a lot more two through nine in the way that I do things now other than what I've... Okay, let me just pause for those listeners who may not have recalled what Greg is referring to. One of the things we've talked about here on Friendship Radio is degrees and durations that things very seldom are either or. Good, bad, right, wrong, etc. and all that. And we have a gradation scale, what we call a differentiation scale of one through ten, not one or ten. And I sense you're saying that there was this gray zone that you kind of experienced in Atlanta as versus being in South Georgia where it was you were right to do this and you were wrong to do that and it wasn't very much gray it was black or white and me doing what I do for a living there's a lot of that also so uh, that that was another different experience so an accountant kind of perpetuates the either well, everything or everything is very definite in accounting debits equal credits and the sheet balances or the it sheet doesn't balance or it doesn't balance yeah. and that's very definite it's very finite I've been around that type of business for a long time and, and doing that type of business that's something new and getting out of that thinking well, if you come from a part of the world, southern Georgia, where everything is very set, and you are also in a profession that has things very rigidly set, I would imagine it would be quite a challenge, and maybe that's why you subtitled your novel as being the individual challenge. But I would sense that it would be quite a bit of a challenge to break out in your own personal life, your own development as an individual. I'm very curious. You've mentioned tradition a number of times. That was the very first thing you said. Do you have any particular, oh, I guess, examples of maybe something that has modified as you wrote your novel for the Atlanta chapter? One of their traditions was in the town that I was raised, you went to school, you got out of school, you went to college. In my case, I went to college. I went to college there in town. And after you got a certain age, you got married. I mean, it was just tradition that you got married and you had kids and you raised the kids. Whether that was necessarily healthy for the person that was doing that or not. I did that. I got married and moved out to Atlanta. When I first moved to Atlanta, I was married. Now, I'm not married anymore. I've been divorced several years now. But the point I was making is, is that a lot of that was tradition. I see myself now in that if I could look back on that, I could have said, well, you know, that was probably more tradition than whether or not that was healthy for me at the time. It was expected. You did it because it was expected of you, not necessarily that it was right or wrong or healthy for you to do that. Now I look at it and I experience different things, and it's to the point where I just, you know, I take whatever relationships are there and take them as being healthy and at the time and, and not necessarily put any labels on them or any expectations on them. Mm-hmm. And I 
see that because I can remember my own background in growing up in a similar area that when you got to be 18, it was time to start getting ready. And if you could go to college, but boy, by the time you got out of college, you'd better be ready to cross that threshold and get married as a tradition, as an expectation. And it sounds like it didn't work out quite so well. And do you sense now that if you write another chapter entitled Marriage, that you're going to be doing it differently? Oh, most definitely. And okay, and in what way? Well, for one thing, I will not be getting married out of tradition. I will be getting married out of needing more wanting to rather than other people kind of expecting to. And that doesn't mean that I didn't feel something for that particular person at the time, but it meant that I still look at it now and I felt like it was more tradition because that was expected of you when you got a certain age than it was whether or not me looking back and analyzing the situation deciding, is this really what I want to do? Do I want to marry this person? Do I want to get married now? Do I want to go forward with this marriage? Or do I want to set the relationship? for what it is now and as long as it's healthy maintain it and if it ever becomes unhealthy then you you know do something else with it but i mean it sounds like you're focusing on saying it's an internal it's moved from an external expectation of your community to a kind of internal expectation of greg moore right and that's what i'm talking about i'm single now i have been single for several years and i still get those traditional people that i was raised with still asking why haven't you got married again well my answer is always well i'm not ready to get married again well you've been divorced several years but i'm not ready to get married again. I'll get married when I want to when I decide that that's what I want to do. You know, you, you raise another interesting thing, and that's the whole idea of how you handle expectations of other people from going from a number of external expectations to an internal. I've gone to more or less putting priorities in my own value system. In other words, I think this is what I want to do first, I want to do this second, I want to do this third, as an individual versus those external forces that tend to shape those at some point. Now, they're still obviously they do affect what you're doing but at the same time I do have the choice of making my mind as to whether or not I want to do those and when do I want to do them you say that as you wrote your Atlanta chapter the tradition was one of the things that changed you're responding to externals do you sense other things that have evolved as you wrote your life novel changes in you that set your attitudes and feelings and thoughts and behaviors as a result of moving from a very traditional uh, community to a more gray or two through nine, as we call it here. I think one thing is I, I don't believe I stereotype as much as I do when I say stereotype, putting labels on things. I think I accept individuals for who they are and what they do a lot more than I did when I was, say, in Southern Georgia. In other words, respecting the individual's decisions and being able to understand them and being able to see where they're coming from. Well, maybe I can just take a moment. Those last two, in other words, for example, stereotyping and labeling, in other words, those code words that you sense that you're less prejudiced, for example. Oh, I think that goes without saying. Yes, that's very prevalent in the way that I look at things now. A case in point in that would being in southern Georgia, you know, obviously there is some prejudice in a lot of places. If there was a time when I didn't necessarily consider myself to be that way, but it's all a matter of what you were talking about, perception. If there was a point in time that I was that way. Now I'm considered liberal to the people that I was raised <laughs> with because of the way that I think. It's not liberal by any means. It's just that my way of looking at things are very different. Well, now, skin color has not changed. Their behavior has not changed. They are probably still exhibiting the same characteristics that contributed to one's interpretation of their prejudice. What in you has changed? In other words, you say it has changed. How did you go about writing that Greg Moore's perceptions would now be different? 
my perception. This is what's changed. Individuals have not changed at all. I look at these people as individuals versus someone who's black, green, or yellow, or red. I look at them as individuals first. Human beings first, and then their racial or ethnic group. And that's all secondary. Now, when you are raised in the area that I was raised in, that was not the case. Now, there was, you know, there was limits of what you would do, you know, with other people of other ethnic or racial, you know, ethnic or racial differences. I mean, there were just limits. Once again, that's a, there's a lot of tradition involved in that. Well, I don't see those anymore. I don't look at those anymore like I did seven or eight years ago. And that sounds like a real significant change. Very much so, especially, like I said, when I go back home and, and see the differences that are prevalent there, the people that I've associated with when I was in that particular area. Well, you mentioned labeling. Your tendency to label, is that different than your stereotyping of uh, racial or ethnic prejudice? No, I don't think so. I think it's probably all that stereotype and label is probably the same things what I'm talking about. Okay. Oftentimes in conservative areas, a tendency not to look at one's, say, religious faith. This is what was passed down, and don't use the mind that God gave you to challenge or think about it. Just accept it as it is. And then as one goes along and makes some changes, sometimes one says, well, let me see if that still fits. And sometimes it does. But sometimes it doesn't. I mean, did this kind of situation ever occur? Oh, yeah, it still does. Once again, you know, we're constantly challenged to evaluate ourselves and make up our own mind. And you don't necessarily do that in, in the part of you know, the country that I was doing. Once again, in tradition, my father did it, so I'll do it. My mother did it, so I'll do it. You don't question it. My mm-hmm. mother and father did it this way, so it should be. It's right. That's the way you do it because they did it. You don't do it whether or not that's healthy for you. And now, you know, I question things a lot more and challenge myself more to think more as, as myself versus doing something just as I'm using my parents as an example. Just because they did something, me doing it the same way. Well, that might have been good and healthy for them, but it may not be that way for me. Oftentimes, people will share with me. They will say, you know, Dr. Hewitt, I really do understand what you're talking about on your program, and I agree with it, but just doesn't work for me. I just don't know how to go about writing my life novel. How do I go about making some changes in my life? I hear it, but nothing changes. What allowed you to change from one place to another place? In my case, it's more or less pushing myself. Pushing yourself. Pushing myself because we we all tend to not want to do things that make us uncomfortable. If it makes us uncomfortable, we don't want to do it. If it's a risk, we don't want to do it. If it's a change, we don't want to do it. I think in myself, yes, that may be a change, but, you know, I want to try this. The change may be good, but I won't ever know unless I give it a try. Okay, you're willing to take the chance that it may not work out. You may even get rejected. You may get hurt. Right, that's part of the risk. When a change presents itself or when an opportunity presents itself, take advantage of it. One example I had is a couple years ago, I, even though I love Atlanta, I was living in Atlanta at the time, I had a chance to move for a job in South Florida, which I knew nothing about. I knew nobody in South Florida. I knew nothing about the town that I was moving to. But I said, you know, if I don't do this, I won't ever know. In other words, five years from now, if I don't do this, I won't be able to say, well, what if? So I told myself, I don't want to say that. If I move down there and it doesn't work, I can always move back to Atlanta, the town I was raised in, or anything else. But I won't know until I do. 
So I think if if, if an opportunity arises, go ahead and take advantage. Well, of it. it sounds like somehow you have to make a choice, but you also have to take responsibility for it. You have to allow yourself to go, go into those situations. That's why I said you have to push yourself, because if you don't push yourself for that, it's not going to come knocking at your door. But it's amazing. I find so many people, even who are sitting there waiting for people or the changes or the new career or the new relationship or something to come knocking on their door. If you want to change careers, you're not going to be able to change careers if you don't get out and do something about it or try to get another career. That's a change. That's a challenge. That's a risk. But it's not going to happen unless you push yourself to do that. Sometimes it reminds me as a psychologist, someone will come in with the equivalent of, you know, eating hot chili peppers and beans makes my stomach ache. And I'll say, well, why don't you stop eating hot chili peppers and beans? Oh, but I want to eat those. I like those. That so oftentimes is what happens to individuals who really say the world isn't going to change. It's still going to be me against the world. So often individuals really almost have to ask themselves the question, are they really looking to stay in the same self-defeatist behavior without taking the chances that that you're talking about? Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people don't realize how much they resist getting out of that pattern, whatever it is. The risk. They don't want to take the risk. Well, and the change. And it's a lot more comfortable, even if it's negative. I mean, people say, well, why in the world would I ever want to be in a situation where it hurts? Well, one thing about it, you at least know the hurt. And me coming from the conservative background that I come from, I can honestly say that I think I'm a stronger person for allowing myself to experience these things. I think if that if I were the same person I was eight years ago, I just don't think that I would be as strong as I am now. And I think a lot of that comes from me taking the chances, taking the risk, and pushing myself to do the things that I've done. So the responsibility has added strength. Yes. The risk-taking. There's been downfalls. There's been hurt, and there's been failures, and there will be in the future. But at the same time, when you step back and analyze all those, I think you'll be a stronger person, and you'll feel better about yourself, because I do feel better about myself. What kinds of things do you have as a kind of personal goal for some of the things up ahead? Your own personal growth. First of all, I want to continue on the same route that I've been on the past few years to change and grow and experience and and to become a stronger person through these experiences. I most recently took a big step in that I started my own business. Well, me doing that with no more of a background than I have, that was a very big step. I've done it now, and now that I know that I've done it, it'll, it'll either work or it won't work. Hopefully it will work. That's one of the things I hope it works. And if it does, I'm going to be a stronger person for it. And if it doesn't? I'll do something else. But I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Okay, but I mean, the sense that you want a chapter to be written on your business, regardless of the outcome. Right, which is a chapter that I've already started. Okay. What do you want Greg Moore to get out of, other than, of course, making a living and being successful and you know, all that? But how do you want to see yourself change and grow? Continued friendship with different people, different friendships, relationships with other people, spouses, another spouse maybe. Mm-hmm. That's something that I don't have that I, I do intend on having at, at a future date. And in doing all those things, once again, I think it'll be a matter of me allowing myself to experience and putting myself at risk, allowing myself to feel some of the things that you feel along with the challenges you take. There could be gratification and there can be hurt. There can be sorrow. There can be any number of feelings. Part of the doing that will be me just actually allowing myself to go through and do those. 
you know, one of the questions that comes to my mind as I listen to you as you talk about, you know, writing your, your future chapters, and that's the role of letting other people into your life. In other words, we, we know the power of externals in putting expectations. But I since you're wanting to incorporate people in a more nurturing, helpful way than as setting parameters on your growth. I think that's very true. I think one of the things that, that I look at right now is that I consider myself to be a very blessed person, a very blessed individual. And in doing that, sharing some of the blessings I have with other people, give some of what's been given to me and helping other individuals, and I, I hope to do that. It sounds like another refuting of the old self-interest. In other words, you see that being able to receive is a prelude to being able to give. Oh, yes. I'm a firm believer in those of us that give much more gratified than those of us that receive. Well, I'm curious, what do you think you've received from being here on KGBC tonight? A new experience. I've never been on radio before. I found this very fascinating. Well, I've certainly enjoyed tonight. I do thank you so much for joining us here on KGBC, and it's just been a delight talking with you. The time went so fast, so very quickly. Sure did. It went very fast for me also, and it's been a real pleasure for me to be here. And I hope that your being able to share some things that have been important in writing your life novel will also be helping those people here in the Galveston County community who will also be working on their life novel. So thank you for sharing. Thank you, James. Good to be here. And I thank all of you for joining me here this evening on KGBC AM 1540, Friendship Radio for Southeast Texas and all of Galveston County. I do hope this program has provided a valuable resource as you write your life novel. And I hope you will join me again here on Friendship Radio for Southeast Texas, KGBC, AM 1540, so that we can continue each Thursday night to explore topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for positive living and friendship. This is your host and friend, James Huey. Until next Thursday night, good night.